Well, hello, CMYK community, and welcome to another CMYK Talk podcast. My name is Matt, and man, am I excited about what's happening these days with this community. We're in the midst of a series uh, of talks, if you want to call them that, that we're simply calling stories. And it's our opportunity as a community to work hard to embrace each other in the stories that we are all carrying, because whatever you're carrying, whatever has brought you to this moment, whatever you're wrestling with and celebrating right now, it matters and it's significant. And so what we're doing with this series is is just trying to kind of point to that by sharing each other's stories. And I'm inviting people into the studio or at our Sunday gatherings live, uh, just kind of talking to them about their story and where they're at. So Last week was so good. If you haven't listened to that one, Kendra, just a beautiful story. Um, and then this week, I'm so honored to have a friend of mine, Sam Merrick, share his story as well. And so we're going to get right to that. But just to kind of give you a little bit of a layout of where we're headed, uh, there's a, a longer interview that Sam and I did. We just kind of let it go as naturally as it wanted to go. So it's a little bit longer, but uh, I hope you listen to all of it because it's so good. And then at the end of this podcast, I just wanted to kind of wrap it up. It's kind of how I'm uh, handling this series, just kind of highlighting a couple things from the interview that really stuck out to me. I'm sure there's other things that are sticking out to you, um, but just some things for us to think about as we uh, hear Sam's story and maybe want to process some things. The only thing I want to mention before we jump into this interview really quick, though, is uh, we have this thing called the CMYK Magazine. We've been putting it out for the last uh, couple years on a somewhat regular basis. It's a, a printed magazine. We think it's beautiful, and we put a lot of time, energy, and resources into it. But just as we've kind of been growing as a community and figuring some things out, we've decided, what if we were to take that printed magazine and put it online? And that would give greater access to more people. It's a lot cheaper to produce. And we could uh, potentially see it shared and liked and you know spread around. Because the point of the magazine is similar to the point of this series, that we want to share each other's stories. And rather than the CMYK community revolve around a single person and his thoughts and ideas, that we really find the divine and embrace each other in this work of community. So uh, that magazine, it just went out. Our first online issue went out on Friday. And you can head to our website, cmykcommunity.com, and sign up to receive those. They'll just come into your email inbox or watch for it on social media. We'll post it there. So, all right, uh, enough about that. But I hope you go check out the CMYK online magazine because it's cool. And I'm really excited about the future of that thing. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Sam Merrick. All right, Sam Merrick, thanks for being here, my friend. Uh, so honored to have you here uh, in the studio and um, to be able to just hear a little bit of your story and what's going on. So, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Let's shake hands. Yeah, we're, 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 we're shaking hands. It's an audio yeah, thing, so but... <laughs> here we go. It feels I love live it. and here we are talking. <laughs> yeah, so. okay. it's official. We, okay. we have uh, touched hands. Uh, so, if we, we start out this series with the question of where have you been? And... Um, whatever that encompasses for you and, and uh, whatever that looks like. But you're a man that has a lot to his story, I know. And I've been honored to hear some of it, but excited for you to just share um, kind of what that question means for you right now. Of where have you been? Where have I been? Uh, this is an interesting one because, uh, you know, I'm at a different place in my life than a lot of what CMYK community mm -hmm. is. Um, I'm the older generation, I mm -hmm. think, sometimes, uh, but have a lot of youth in my my heart, yep. my spirit. Um, so at 62 years old, I feel that um, sometimes I'm the guy that people look to a little differently. 
and yet um, I don't want to be that old guy. So, but yeah. um, I, you know, I grew up in Bozeman. Um, I came from a pretty, uh, I don't, it was a Methodist church background. My mother was a Sunday school teacher. Um, and so I had faith in my background. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's always been there. It's always been part of, of part of who I am. Um, got to Billings a number of years ago, been in a number of business, business type of deals, mostly tied to restaurants and food, okay. above restaurants and food. Um, like and management, cooking, all management, of the above? cooking, waiting yep. tables, yep. went through some crazy years in, in, um, in the restaurant business because it's just a crazy industry. Yeah. So I was just listening to something the other day talking about, like, uh, it was somebody who had spent time in the restaurant world and said they thought everybody should at some point in their life work one year in a restaurant because it's such a different kind of life with, I mean, it, there's crazy characters Absolutely. that are part of restaurant culture and like people that work at restaurants find people that work at other restaurants and you kind of create your own community around the fact that you all work in restaurants and it's just kind of this weird yeah. culture or a different culture that's out there that a lot of people don't even think about when they're ordering food from their waiter or, you know who's cooking your food in the kitchen so you lived that yeah as well, lived I'm that trying totally to say. true yeah. it, the, the community is so unique um it afforded me opportunities to travel, uh, opportunities to get really crazy in the party scene. Yep. Um, and so, and, and those years of, of that and being in that party scene was like, hmm, um, do I really want to go down that road, you yep. know? And so it also said, don't want to be in this lifestyle all my life. Were you still plugged into a faith life and community at that time or, or had you... Stepped away from that for okay. a while when yep. I moved to Billings and really got into that a little bit yep. more. I just said, you know, I've experienced um, my faith, that faith community and all that for a while and was kind of became a little negative towards that, uh, questioning certain things and thought, I'm going to experience another part of life that I was told I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm going to go the other way. So yep. I went kind of another extreme in my life and then started going, that's not working so good either. So I came, kind of came full spectrum back the other way and started getting more plugged into to faith and just being more involved with people that um, mattered in my life, yep. and um, and still was in the in that restaurant world, but just mm-hmm. knew I wasn't going to do that part of the scene anymore. So yeah, that was... it, it's interesting. I mean, the the image that comes to my mind, what I've thought a, a lot about in my own life is there's something about our humanity of like we create these unknowns in our mind of what would it look like to live like that or to try that or to go there. And they're like these dark caves or caverns that we want to go explore. Um, And so like, you know, youth, a lot of times it's just you, whatever language you want to bring to it, it's finding yourself. It's those kinds of things. And so what uh, the only reason I bring that up is it sounds like you stepped out, got in the restaurant industry and explored that cavern of restaurant lifestyle, the party scene, all that kind of stuff and came to this place of after exploration going, yeah, I don't. Nope. This isn't. This isn't for me. This isn't what I want. I've, I've, I've explored this enough to know what it is, and and I can, you know, set that down and go go yeah. look for something different compared to thinking that there's still something here. Is that? Exactly. I mean, that's that. Yeah. yeah, there's some truth to that. Um, I, you know, I started out in two different, and I went two different ways. I, I started out in uh, in in education. Okay. And I was an elementary school teacher for. Okay. Uh, um, for about a year okay. in kindergarten, but all that time I still stayed in the restaurant business. So okay. there was something that tied me back to that. Yeah. And I loved the community that I had in the restaurant business because I met new people. It kept me kind of thinking I could do this, I could do this, you know. So 
uh, put in me uh, a sense of um, I can try new things. You know, I can go new places. And, um, and part of that, what I went through, and I think even that I'm finding even in the last few years, is that uh, I... I get to experience things in my life if I choose to go down that road, but it's my choice, hmm. you know? Somebody else isn't going to choose it for me, you yeah. know? Somebody else is not going to do it for me anymore. I get to yeah. I get to do those things and, and do you think, that out. And do you think we have a tendency, because I think I do too, we're, we're waiting for someone to give us permission to go mm. explore those things or waiting for someone else to put all the pieces together for that we get to go do and be who we want to go do and be, or is it... And so you're saying you stopped waiting for somebody to give you permission or somebody to, to put all the pieces together. You just said, if this is going to happen, it's going to be because I'm making right. it happen. Is that That's kind of what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Yeah. And, and at some level, I, you know, I think we all get a little complacent and we think, oh, somebody's going to ask me to do that. Hmm. Or, um, yeah. or, you know, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for the opportunity of what I might want to do. And I kind of figured out if I really want to see what that opportunity looks like, I've got to make that choice. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. So, um, and awesome. I'm finding that taking to be... taking notes over here, man. Yeah, I'm, take, <laughs> I'm finding that to be more and more true as I kind of journey on down my path in life, you know. Yeah. There's, uh, there's other things that I'm going to try and want to do and, and and find that it works for me or that I, it brings me joy or... But you're going to be the one that's instigating that. I'm and, kind yeah. of instigating that, yeah. Yeah, so, that's good. I mean... And I feel direction in that too. Um, mm-hmm. I still, and that's where my faith has come back into this a little bit. Is I feel direction in that because um, I feel like God still is kind of in in control mm-hmm. of that, you know. But He's also looking at me and going, "I created this guy to, to figure those things out, you know." And so this guy's going to get to go do those things because He's a unique creation. And so, but He's also looking after me in that, and and ultimately He kind of understands the plan for my life. Yeah. And where it's been, where I've been, and where I'm, where I'm still going, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's still, I still figure I'm a work in progress. Yeah. You know? So, you, so you do the restaurant thing for a little bit because yep. I interrupted you. You yeah. do the restaurant thing, kind of discover, explore that cave. Not, not it for you, and and kind of see some faith reintroduced back mm-hmm. in your life as far as practice and community and and those kinds of things. Exactly. That's where I interrupted you. Yeah. So th- so then, where does that take you? So in the restaurant world too, I was also tied back for a second uh, degree in business administration okay. and marketing. So I always had business in my background. So that just kind of created a, an energy to you know think about business and and so be involved on a, on a business realm of things, but. That, of course, that's tied to a restaurant. So I, I was a restaurant management, owned a restaurant in, in Red Lodge, um, lived there for five years, mm-hmm. moved there thinking and partnered with the guy up there and thinking we, we wanted to uh, have this great restaurant and this great community up there, but I get to play all the time. Yeah. Not true. <laughs> when you're when you're uh, when you're the owner when you're the owner <laughs> and there's you know three feet of powder you know up on Red Lodge Mountain, yeah. um, they decide that your employees decide we're going to go ski today. And they don't show up for work because yeah. they're transient and they go, you know, it doesn't matter. We're just that they yep. live life that way. So who gets to wash the dishes and cook yep. that day? The owner. You're the guy. <laughs> what was the restaurant? So it was called 17 Broadway. Okay. It was kind of a casual yep. dining experience and it was really fun. So hmm. we had a good spell of time with that. And then, you know, I uh, got married. So marriage became another road in my life and it was an interesting time and I married a, a gal that was uh, uh, strongly tied to business in, in Billings okay. and um, she was doing a commute back and forth to Billings every day 
to her job. And when we got pregnant um, with our, our, we had one child, and then when that didn't work out, things didn't turn out the way they should have, and that mm-hmm. was kind of disappointing and sad and all yeah. that. And I went through a lot of emotions with that, still go through emotions with that. Hmm. Um, but then we got pregnant, and we had our second child on the way, and it decided it was time to move to Billings. So, and she had the career, and I had the opportunity to just go find another job. Yeah. So I moved to Billings. Yeah. Um, you know, you look back and you go, is that the path I really want to take? Not sure, but hmm. it's the road that we went down, and yeah. so... Um, and then we had Chandler, who many of you have met, um, who um, is just uh, uh, the love of my life. Yeah. I love my daughter. And lovely, beautiful, awesome. We have we have we ha- we've had so much fun together throughout the, the place in our lives that we are right now. So yeah, so that's that's an, was an exciting thing. And um, but in all of that too, uh, my ex-wife chose more like I feel like her career. Over over our family, and she wanted, um, and there just there were a lot of things that said we don't want to we don't want to be married anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, that that ended abruptly, and it was it was uh, hurtful and a long drawn out experience on that. But uh, I ended up with Chandler more on a full time basis, mm-hmm. um, and we continued to thrive and. Yep. do well and I went to work then for uh, I got out of the restaurant business and went to work for a church here yep. in town so I became part of the church world yeah and that was an interesting experience so, so this was after the divorce yeah okay. mm-hmm. yep so um kind of right this tail end you know right in that time frame though yeah it was the divorce was ending and I got the new job and it yep. was really exciting for me to be able to have that. And I was real excited to be in a whole different world out of the restaurant business, out of the food business entirely yep. in this. Yeah. And I was a director. Different kind of party scene yep. in the church world. Yep. Yep. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But I was an administrator and I was director of operations yep. at this church. And it was really um, kind of a, a fun deal because I got to, I got to be a part of the whole ministry of every department in the church. Um, and see direction and, you know. For a pretty moving, active, yeah. thriving church. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like you were going to work every day, same thing. There were new problems for you to all, solve all every day. Yeah. Yep. You yep. know, vision casting that would happen, and I'd be part of that vision, and how can we make that yep. happen, and how can we make things better around here. And um, so it was, and it was really interesting to see the church world and also kind of redevelop some of my faith. So mm-hmm. that was that was interesting, but um, all that to say, the vision changed in that that church, and direction changed, and I suddenly brought in new 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 people, and in with that vision, and um, I was suddenly without a job, hmm. so um, which took a different path of me being uh, home, another feel of of emotions, yeah. feeling bitter. Um, trying to understand the church world again. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this really what I want? And is this really part of it? And questioning my faith in a lot yeah. of ways too, because I was like going, I thought that this was it. You know, yeah, this it, was it. And it's something, and I would never want to try to exclude somebody that hasn't worked at a church, but there's something about working at a church when that is your livelihood. Mm-hmm. It's more than just a job. And, and again, I don't want to belittle anybody that's, you know, laying their life down for their job and their career because it, it matters and it's significant. But in the church world, you have the spiritual element that you are 
responsible in some ways, or you are working every breath of your day is spent on e- people's eternity and their spirituality. Like the most important things in the universe is essentially, at least for me, and I think for you as well, like that's what you're waking up to do every single day. And so when you stop working in that world, it's not just a, oh, shoot, I need to go find another job. It's, what do I do with my life now? Because that was, I was doing everything for like, you know, people's eternities and spiritualities and all that stuff. And it's hard to roll away from that and then just go get a job at a restaurant again. At least for me, you know, that was an interesting thing. And and I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we've had conversations about like, that's a, it's just kind of a world shattering thing when you give everything you have to this organization and then it doesn't doesn't work. It was more than just a job, I guess. And is for all those years that I was part of that organization and part of that staff, and I felt like okay, I was really serving a, a purpose, a greater purpose too, yep. because I was part of that. So so, um, and I <coughs> had a pretty close knit community. Yep. There too. Yep. And of course, when you got when you're the guy that's suddenly out the job, the community seemed to d- disintegrate. Hmm. And I went, where where did my community go? You yeah. Know, that we were so tightly, but they were still there, and and yet I felt like I wasn't a part of that, and hmm. I didn't as much as they invited me back and wanted me there, I didn't feel like I could be. You know. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. So yeah. it just became very different, and I felt very um, very empty for a pretty long period of time. Hmm. Um, I started shopping, I guess you call it, because at some point I said, I still want that. I still want something, you know, I still, faith has always been in my background yeah. from being a, just a little kid. So faith has always been in my background, my belief in God, and, and it, it, it has directed me in a lot of ways. So I've always felt like it directs me in some of the lowest points of my life. I still would go to, to God and say, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, so there, there was my conversations. Yeah. There was always something there for you, yeah, yeah that you weren't willing so, to abandon you know, so everything. If yeah. everything else was gone, I still felt like that was there. So I felt like, okay, so what does that look like to to uh, to have some kind of restoration with, with my faith values or what hmm. I want to do with that? And so I started thinking, well, I guess it's back to church on, on Sundays or something yeah. like that or Saturday nights or whatever. So I was hopping around for probably... Two years, two, mm-hmm. three years. Um, was that Faith Chapel? And that's when I kind of saw you the first time and knew that you were starting up something downtown. You yep. and Kate, were, I think, were on stage one, <laughs> one weekend. And I went, well, what's that all about? I think that's a really cool thing. We talked about it that at our church that we were going to get uh, something going downtown too, yep. but it never happened. And um, I mean, to step back a little bit too, that's something that also happened at when I was really involved with the churches is my ability to get to serve people. Um, I hadn't really experienced that ever before, and I liked it, you know. I liked to be able to, to serve, but then I was like, that was away from me again. So I was looking for that hmm. opportunity. Yeah. And yet I was going, it just wasn't connecting for me back in another big church situation. So I continued to shop some more. So I went to a different church, and that didn't work. I went to I went to the Catholic church for a little bit, you know, because I, in, in my youth, had gone to Catholic church with my aunts and uncles because they were Catholic, and um, loved the liturgy. That was yep. really cool. So I yep. lo- loved that piece of, of church. I love worship. Um, and so I was looking for all these little elements of the things that were about me. And then yep. I also sit back and I said, now, why am I wanting to... Pick a church. I'm looking at it to 
fulfill me and fill a need in me? Or am I wanting to, am I being, am I being selfish in that? Or do I want it to, because I want to, I want to make a difference again too. So there were a lot of reasons, Yeah. you know, and, and that was, um, so that was an interesting progression. And then I happened on CMYK Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm still kind of going, hmm, where's my fit? <laughs> you know, it's still, where's my fit? But I, um, I could tell you that there's some things that are just are really unique about this community, um, uh, particularly that it is a community, you yeah. know, and I do feel a sense of community, even though I feel like I'm the one guy that's probably the oldest guy in this whole church, but I feel really brought in. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, you know, we have a male group that I'm a part of, it, and I love that. You know, yeah. I, I've enjoyed that group. You know, they brought me in, you know. Um, we talk, you know, I'm challenged by talking about new ideas and being creative. And somebody presents me with an idea, and I say, how do we make that better? You know, what can we do to to uh, change the world? Yep, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So, um, so that's, you know, that's really cool, a cool thing about CMYK for yeah. me. The other thing that I really enjoyed is there's a piece of liturgy in there, you know, and there's the the, the worship or the art yeah. that's in there, you know, because um, I love what happens at Art House. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> and so, it's just this artistic, creative piece, you know. So yeah. Um, and what you guys have done that you're doing to to serve our, outside of that our community, you know, um, in our downtown has been really really unique to me i love um i love our downtown and that would be evident in um i'm serving downtown yep. i'm on the board of directors for a couple organizations downtown and i'm the board chair for for um downtown buildings alliance um that came apart because those things happen because again me choosing that goes i want to be more involved yeah and part of hearing at cmyk you know we need to you know we serve our community well, I'm going, how, how do we do that? Well, because I wasn't always sure how that looked to our community. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's more about me. Yep. I'm going to go out and do that. Yep. So I've been finding more serving opportunities, you know. And, yeah, I remember, I, th- I mean, we've had conversations about it, I think. Um, but that's been one of the more interesting slash challenging things about CMYK is, um, you know, because typically, you know, it was a lot of your job is here's here's the vision and mission of the church or this community of people. So how do we as the church then structure and format and create ministries and programs and organizations that then go out and do this good work? Because it's good work. And, you know, with CMYK, the question was, okay, we're a community that is, yes, here to gather, but now let's all, everybody leave and go do that good work rather than us as a community trying to figure out you know, all those, all the resources and energy and program and ministries, creating all of those and reinventing the wheel. There's already really good organizations and people and things happening in the buildings. Go plug into those and, you know, be a part of, of that life, which you are, I mean, just a huge example of in a lot of ways. And this is, this isn't a podcast to stroke your ego, but it's just, I mean, it's been a really beautiful thing of like, oh yeah, this is what it looks like to love your city. And this is what it looks like to care uh, about what happens for the people around you. Um, I, I really mean it. Like you're an example of that to me because there's a, there's a lot of other things you could be doing with your time. 
there's a lot, there's a lot of money making opportunities you could be u- doing as a guy with your business experience and understanding and all these kinds of things. And there's a lot of recreational activities you could do spending other time. But you just you just came from a, what, a committee meeting or something yeah. about some really really important things that are happening in our yeah. our city, and you're on different boards and like, man. Th- yeah. So all that to yeah. say, and it's 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 my love for my city and a love for my community and love like okay, if, it, the only way that a lot of this stuff will happen is by you doing it and be setting the example for other people to serve, you know. Yeah. And if they see that reflected in your own life, I think they a lot of people will want to follow along mm-hmm. and go, well, how do I do that? You yeah. know. So I've had some great conversations with people who said, well, I want to be more involved, and I said, well. Let's do, do it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Well, but okay. it goes back to what you said earlier about the idea of we're always waiting for someone else to give us permission or someone else mm-hmm. to lay out the path. And I didn't connect these dots before, but that's that's easily what a, a church, and I'm not dogging on anybody, but that's what a church can become is a church is is creating these paths and programs and giving, trying to give permission to people to go and serve compared to motivating and instigating the life of Christ, as yeah. I would put it, for you, Sam, yeah. to go and and be that to the community. You don't need me, Matt Blakesley, and you don't need CMYK community to figure that out for you or give you permission or lay out the path for you. That's that's the divine work in who you are. And as you the words you use, that's who you're created to be. So like you get up in the morning, you go do that. Exactly. And that's what I like about what you're doing because you, you make people aware, you create the awareness, but you're not creating a lot of programs and, and ministries that, that you put a lot of money to yeah. that you say, now come serve in this one. Yep. You say, these are out there, go find them, yeah. you know, and, and, and be a part of them, make a difference. And, yeah. and oh, it's just, it's so much more rewarding than what I saw sometimes in that hmm. big church world. And, and it's, um, and it's exciting to see where, how people grow in that too. So yeah. you know, so I yeah. feel it's ca- caused me to grow in a, a way that I had never thought I would grow. You know, hmm. I never thought I would be part of different boards or yeah. or doing that kind of stuff. I thought I'm just kind of a behind the scenes guy. Yeah. and I would do that. And now you're chairing yeah. one of so the more influential it, boards you know, in I, the city. I get, <laughs> I get more involved in that kind of yeah. stuff. So you know, and I have a regular uh, kind of eight to five job, yep. but I can kind of you know, I work at Metro Park, and I'm back in food and beverage there, but I'm an administrator on that, and. And yet I've taken that as a great opportunity to see how I can, as an administrator, um, I, when I used to be in, in administration and management, to see how can I, how can I lead my team differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to I try to look at empowering them to, to, be, to take my job someday, to be a better leader, yeah. you know? So when I get these people that have been down around Metro Park longer than I am, they come with me with all their complaints and problems and this stuff. So... So what do you think we should do to fix that? Hmm. What's your solution? What would be your solution? And they they look at me like, why are you asking me that? Because nobody's given them the opportunity to yeah. to think that way. Yeah. And then they come up with a, a little solution, and I say, that sounds like maybe that could be something that worked. Why don't you go try it? Yeah. And I'll check back with you in a little while and see if that's working for you. Hmm. And it is it, it changes the dynamic of how um, people work. I think, you know, because they feel empowered, they feel, they feel like they've got a connection, you know, and somebody does care, Yeah, you know, so I'm taking even serving to a, a level that how I can do that in my own, mm-hmm. um, in my own job, Eight to five. 
on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah. and that's what makes my job more fun than just, you know, the, the things that I'm expected to do at work. It's, it's dealing with my staff and, and, and creating, uh, you know, something better in them. Mm-hmm. And a better life mm-hmm. than they may have thought that yep. this is just my eight to five job. You know, as much as you love food and beverage at Metro Park, <laughs> it really is about the people that you get to spend life with and, and what you're doing there. Exactly. Yeah. So, because I rarely touch food and beverage yep. there, I, I touch it from a numbers standpoint yep. now and and an event standpoint. But I hand it off, so I'm I'm not cooking or <laughs> yep. anymore. And you've, so d- you've done enough of that. I'm not dishwashing anymore, so that yeah. that's good. But yeah. So, so um, I, man, thanks for that. I, I, it, it, I love it. I love it. It feels a little funky because this was not a, a, like the series was not like, hey, let's come and talk about everything you love about CYK. But I mean, it really, it, it just warms my heart. Yeah. So I'm so, so grateful for that. Thank you. Um, when we ask the, ask the question, what are you wrestling with? What are the things that you're carrying right now that, um, are heavy to you that are hard for you that sh- that cause confusion, doubt, frustration, um, whatever, whatever, wherever you want to go with that question. But yeah. um, I think it's an important question that we're asking ourselves. It's a part of our story and and what we yeah. carry as hum- human beings. Well, um, I have a great I have a great family, um, and my daughter uh, recently had uh, my granddaughter. Ramsey, who many of you've met because mm-hmm. I get to be a, a grandpa and I get to be a grandpa pretty much full time yeah. because uh, Chandler and Ramsey live at my house. But there's some fi- family dynamic in that. And I won't go into a lot of detail, mm-hmm. but it's just like figuring that out. And it was like when this all happened um, a little over a year ago and Chandler came home and told me that this was the new path for her life. And also a big realization, well, what does that look like for for me? Because it wasn't really the path <laughs> yeah. I chose. Yeah, you know, I had some other visions of maybe selling my house and moving downtown because I love downtown. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, or traveling more, or a lot of other things. And so my path suddenly became different than what I wanted it to. And yet I embraced that, and I said, "Well, if that's what it's going to be, then um, I'm going to make the choice to make the best of it." And, and just continue to enjoy my daughter and my granddaughter and uh, try to help them along their road. Yeah. And so, but it's with new struggle, you know, because it's like I raised my daughter. I don't know that I want to raise my granddaughter too. <laughs> yeah. I want Chandler to do that. Yeah. And I'm so I hope that I'm trying to empower her and enable her to do that in the best way that she can possible. Yeah, kind of that, so, that balancing act of yeah. you, you being a dad to Chandler. Yeah. And what does that role look like? And and being a grandpa to yeah. Ramsey, and and what does that role look like, and and trying to not fill roles yeah. that that you shouldn't necessarily feel like, but trying to help and serve and care for yeah. your family in the best way you can. That, that that's a wrestling match. Is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Where that's a daily like, what's what's the best thing? Yeah. And and I know you would say sometimes you get it wrong, sometimes you get yeah. it right. But it's just that that wrestling match, and life keeps coming at you. So yeah. it's like, okay, so um, you just figure. I kind of go. I'm figuring out as I go. Another another neat thing that I love about our community mm-hmm. is, and I, I've heard over and over again, but just being present. Mm-hmm. Just being present in the moment that I'm in right now, and I've I've kind of 
toyed with, uh, I, I, I meditate more, you know, hmm. I learned just how to stop in my day and breathe and focus on that. I'm in this moment and I'm breathing my yeah. breath and, and that is really important. So, yeah. um, as some of the good things come, I pause there too. And I relax and I meditate on, on that good. And when the, the, the tough things are coming, I'm going, well, the moment is right now that I'm here. And so I'll breathe and, yeah. And know His that breath I'm here. in my lungs and beating yeah. heart in my chest, yeah. And then what do I take away from it? You know, so I always kind of go, well, what What am I taking away from that that might help me grow and and seek and seek a new adventure? Too. Yeah. So I'm I'm not done um, with whatever life's next adventure is, and and I have a lot. You know, I, I come to realize I have a lot of relationships in my life, um, but I, I love the new ones that keep coming mm-hmm. into my life too. So that's kind of really really cool people often ask me well why aren't you married or remarried and i said i've become so content hmm. in the people that i'm with and the community with and the relationships i have that um i'm not seeking that out yeah someday that could still happen but it's not an, it's never been really a big priority once when i got divorced it was like um i'm going to be content in who i am hmm. and that was part of this whole probably journey of where i've where I am and where I've been going, you know, yeah. is, is that it's that choice. Yeah. Saying I'm choosing this. So yeah. it reminds me, and, and I'm, I know you've heard me say it, but it reminds me of, you know, what, how I've defined art over the years. And that is taking whatever's in front of you and pursuing beauty with that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, everything that you've talked about, whether it's with your marriage or with your, you know, being a grandpa or, you know, work stuff, whatever. Okay. This, this is what's in front of me. I'm going to choose to do something with it and pursue the most beautiful outcome that I can. And it'll, it'll ebb and flow and left oh, turns, absolutely. right turns, all that stuff. But that's the commitment that, that you're making. And I mean, I, I, I can attest to that. Just, you know, the, the little last, you know, year or so has it been two years, year and a half. I don't, how long has he been around? To see uh, uh, it's been two years. Two years. Okay. Yeah, it's been two years. I think I, I know I've been to, to Christmas, mm-hmm. two Christmases. Yep. So <laughs> that's how I kind of engage <laughs> Two it, crazy but, Christmases. But I think yeah. I started there before first Christmas yep. or something. So yep. yeah, a little over two years. And, uh, so, um, anyways, it's, it's just a really cool thing yeah. to, again, see that, that just lived out in, yeah. in your work and in your life. And as you bring that up, it's like, okay, so that's two years of really knowing this community and going, I'm, I haven't left, I haven't gone somewhere else. So, <laughs> so there must be something that's still keeping me as I reflect that. And I yep. think it's a lot of some of the things we mentioned is, is, um, is choices that I've able to make and, and that you've given us the freedom to do that as yeah. our, as our community to go. Go out and, and do that, you know, yeah. and, and then yet be present with one another and, and the things that we do, like meal groups and stuff, to, yeah. to develop that. Awesome. That's cool, too. So, so what are you celebrating? Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, we were just asked that question today at this other board meeting. Oh, yeah? That? Yeah. Uh, so we were asked <laughs> that question, what are you celebrating? And I really do celebrate my granddaughter. Yeah right now and the joy that she brings and and watching her life as it goes and go you have this whole you know you have this whole thing ahead of you you Mm -hmm. know that I've already kind of been down and still going down but um so I celebrate every little thing that happens in her life Mm -hmm. you know and it's just it's it's really cool yeah that's so fun to hear yeah so that that's neat and I, I I think I celebrate um I you know I'm celebrating more and more just who I am and that I I can do what I want to do and Hmm. Um, and has there been, and, and maybe this is going somewhere you don't want to go. Has there been seasons where you haven't celebrated who you are? Like you've wrestled 
with who you are. Uh, maybe even a little bit of what we talked about with Kendra last week, like rejecting uh, self-rejection rather than self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Has that been? Oh, there was a, a big period in my life, probably before I moved back to Billings from Red Lodge in the restaurant that I went through some some real hard hardship and depression and knowing yep. that that things in my marriage weren't, weren't going well and things. So that I felt very rejected hmm. and feeling like that was a, a real, I was a, that's something I failed at. Yeah. I failed at, you know, I felt miserably and that, you know, everybody would look at me and, and I look at, I look at other marriages and say, I, that's something yeah. I, I didn't do well and I would never be able to do well. So that was a, that, that was something I would not have. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I can't. I can't even imagine. Cause you, cause yeah. you're open and vulnerable with somebody, and at some point when a yeah. marriage breaks down, there's a rejection there. Yeah. Uh, Who's ever faulted is there's a rejection of of each other and who you yeah. are, and so now you're wrestling with, yeah. okay, in this most vulnerable relationship, yeah. I was rejected, and how how am I, man? That, I can't. I can't even imagine recovering yeah. from that. So all that to say, you're in this but, place of celebrating now that right, transition. Right. Should look back on that too and go. Um, but I made it through that, and I have I have some incredibly dynamic friends and some friends, uh, many friends that are, are couples, but I'm always included in, in their stuff and never feel like, here's a single guy in the oh, couple. Yeah. <laughs> the third wheel. The, the yeah. third wheel. Yeah. The, it's never, ever felt <laughs> Your like Your friends aren't trying me. to set it's you like, up on dates and like, you, hey, you, have you met Veronica? And you're like, no, I don't want to meet Veronica. <laughs> I don't want to meet Veronica. Especially when you set, set me up like that. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, but when I'm... But I, but they're just, they're incredible people, you know, and yep. I just, I, so I, I love that I've never been compared as that divorcee that needs to be yeah. set up or get remarried. It's like, here's Sam and, and he's great to be around. Hmm. We enjoy that. So, and why is that? Um, maybe because I've just let me be me, yep. you know, and I'm, I'm making different choices in my life and, you know, hmm. and I'm the, and again, you know, like I. I see some people that are not making good choices in their life, and I, I feel really bad for them. You know, uh, it's it's really sad for me because, but they're the only one that can really ultimately turn that around. Mm-hmm. You know, they still have to make the choice to to change. Yep. You know, and so they they've got two roads they can yep. go down. They can go down the ones that can be very positive and have a very positive outcome, or they'll have one that has a very disastrous yep. uh, outcome for them. So, oh, it's good. Yeah. So, um, the final question that maybe you know is coming, but uh, has no pressure on it, is simply, uh, what can we as a CMYK community be doing for you as a part of this community? Are there things that come to your mind as to how we can connect, serve, embrace you? Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Which is a lot of what we already talked Mm -hmm. about, because that is authentic, you know. It's different than any other... uh, so-called body or place, you know, uh, that's what's really cool about CMYK. I'm giving kudos to you all the time, but I love it. I don't. We're going to interview you I next week and the week after that. I don't feel that, that you're about a building anymore, but you're yeah. about the community. So mm-hmm. keep doing what you do as a, as a community to help people feel present in their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's good. Um, I I'm a believer in the power of prayer, and I'm also a believer in the power of just reaching out to to an individual once mm-hmm. in a while. So um, as you hear this, you know, uh, you don't have to reach out to me, but um, I, I believe in that. Like, uh, you know, sometimes out of the clear blue, randomly I'll send a shoot a text to somebody I haven't talked to or heard from for a long time. Yeah. 
just to say, hey, I'm thinking of you today. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes, mm-hmm. you know. So that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah. And I would encourage everybody to go out and, and, and find their path and how they can kind of help somebody else. Yeah. You know, because I engage think it. engage yeah. that, you know. Practice what we're, we're talking about yeah. all the time. So, you know. This was so good. And I'm yeah. not just saying that. Uh, I know you were, I don't know if nervous is the right word. You were unsure of how this was going to go. And I just want to say thank you for your vulnerability. Okay. Thank you for sharing your story. It'll this probably is... be worse on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes live. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Sam. Uh, I really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Man, I don't know about you, but there's just so much from that story, and um, I'm just so honored to have a guy like Sam as a part of the CMYK community, uh, just speaking such great wisdom and insight for us, and just a, such a beautiful guy. If you don't know Sam, work hard to get to know that guy, because it's, it's totally worth it on so many levels. As I've been thinking about uh, just Sam's story and kind of mulling over some of the things that we talked about a couple days ago, there was this story uh, that <laughs> I was reminded of in the Old Testament, and it's this old, old story within the scriptures that uh, maybe you're somebody that like the idea of reading the Bible just sounds a little ridiculous, feels a little ridiculous to you because you're like, man, that's such an old book, and those stories just feel so disconnected from reality and the world around me. And I just got to say, this is kind of one of those stories just leading into it, but I think you'll see where I'm going with it in a second. But the story is found in the book of Numbers, and it's this moment in the, in the history of the nation of Israel. And Israel is known within the Bible to be the people uh, that are known as God's people. So if God's on the side of anybody, it's the nation of Israel. They're the ones that God has chosen and is for and is with. And so in that, they've got this, it's called this covenant relationship with God, that they're going to be God's people and he's going to be their God. And so they're going to kind of both keep up their ends of the deal within this covenant relationship. So Israel's going to kind of follow God and do the things that they're supposed to do. But this is a moment in, in, in Numbers 25, this is a moment when Israel is doing very little to actually follow uh, this God or do anything different in the way that they're living in the world. And what we see in this story is that they're around a community of people known as the Midianites. And these are people that live in a way that's directly opposed to this God that Israel's supposed to be following. And so this kind of influence, this negative influence starts to creep into the nation of Israel, as you can understand. And I love the way, I love the, way the text opens in Numbers 25. This is how it kind of the whole story opens. It says, and they, the Israelites, begin to whore with the daughters of Moab. Again, ancient book, old stories. But here's what we need to know. In a tribal community and society, this is not what you do. There's another group of people, another tribe, and you might be able to get along and kind of coexist, but you do not co-mingle. And so the opening line, as comical as it might sound to us in 2018 that they begin to whore with the daughters of Moab, this is one of the most grotesque things you could do within your tribe to intermingle with these other people, particularly people that are not known as the people of God. And so it's in these relationships with Moabite women that, that Israel continues to abandon their beliefs and begin to worship this God that shows up all throughout the Old Testament because he's like the big bad, don't go after that God, Baal. And it says that the anger of the Lord was kindled. So God is not okay with what's happening. 
And so what happens is Moses, the great, powerful Moses you may have remembered and heard stories of, their leader, he calls a meeting. And this is what you do as a a leader, right? You call a meeting. It says the whole community and congregation came together. And Moses is trying to fix this and figure out what's going on because, again, God's anger is kindled against the Israelites and something's not okay. And so Moses is trying to get to the bottom of this. They're having a meeting and they're trying to figure it out. And they kind of come up with this plan of like, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and that's going to fix it. And I love it because as they're discussing this plan, as Moses has called the whole congregation and community together to figure out what's going on, and what are we going to do? And what am I as the leader of these this people going to direct everybody to do? Because this is Moses, right? He's the leader. It's right in the middle of this meeting that this happens. Numbers 25, verse 6. And behold, in the middle of the meeting, one of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his family in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel while they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting. This guy, this Israelite, I'm sorry, there's no other way to say it. He literally has some large cojones on every level because there's this meeting discussing about the grotesqueness of what's happening and what they're going to do to fix it and how they're going to solve this problem. And one of these Israelite men grabs a Moabite woman and takes him right through the meeting, right through the committee of everybody trying to figure out what's going on and takes her into a tent. It's pretty understood what's about to happen in that tent. But this isn't the end of the story. Verse 7. It says, When Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, saw it, saw what this guy did, he rose and left the congregation and took a spear in his hand and went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So you, you don't have to have too much of an imagination to picture where, the, where Phinehas is aiming with this spear and what he's doing. Thus, the plague of the people of Israel was stopped. Now, again, ancient archaic story. I get it. But here's what I find so fascinating and important. Here's a situation where things are not okay, and there's a meeting, there's a committee, there's a congregation that's gathering together, and there's leaders that are discussing and trying to figure out what are we going to do and how are we going to fix this. And in the midst of this leadership dilemma and meeting and congregation and committee, one guy steps up and says, I know what I'm going to do. There's this specific situation in front of me right now that I can address and I can fix. And Phineas rises up, takes a spear, and goes and drives a spear through this Israelite man and this Moabite woman. This is not a story that's trying to say and point towards murder as the way to solve all your problems, just so you know. Ancient old story, tribal story, okay? But this is a story about a man when everybody else is paralyzed by the committee and the meeting and the leadership and trying to figure out what we're going to do, he just steps forward and says, I don't know what you are going to do, but Phineas steps forward and says, I know what I'm going to do. The reason that I want to talk about this is it reminds me so much of Sam and his story. Because we talked a lot about in the interview this idea that our lives can be paralyzed by someone else giving us permission or waiting for a meeting to happen, or waiting for a committee to get together to say that this is what we should do or how we should do it. And here's a guy, Sam, that just says, no, I'm just going to go do it. I don't need anybody else's permission. I don't need somebody to start a thing or, you know, give me the, the rights from on high to go, no, this is what's right. This is what's good. This thing is happening right in front of me, and I can do something about it. This 
is the significance of the story of Phineas. This is the significance of the story of Sam for me in many ways. Because I believe we are all invited into this same kind of story. We can get trapped in committees and meetings and congregations and leaderships and trying to figure out what are we going to do, or we can live a life that says, okay, what's in front of me? Who's in front of me? And how do I move this thing forward? And what I really love about the story of Phineas, this Old Testament guy, drove a spear. (laughs) Just, again, crazy story. But here's what I love about it. His name comes up again and again and again throughout the Old Testament. In other words, this isn't just a one and done kind of moment for Phineas. It's not his 15 minutes of fame, and then he fades away into the scriptures like some stories do. No, this is a guy that keeps popping up. His His name comes up in more battles. In other words, he's a guy that keeps fighting. Throughout the history of Israel, he serves as a priest. He's a community liaison to different other other communities and tribes. He's a guy that people send to go kind of negotiate and talk. He's a leader. People start looking to him to figure out what to do. There's stories of him being a prophet and giving the words of God to those around him. This is a guy that continues to do the same thing that he does the first time he shows up. It might not be grabbing spears and throwing it through people, but it's always asking the question, what do I have in front of me to do today? And let's go and do it and not being paralyzed by committees and meetings and leadership and somebody else giving permission. It's for me, the same question that I need to ask over and over and over, day after day after day. If anything, if I've learned anything from the recovery movement, which it's a lot because there's a lot of good stuff there, There's this idea of learning to just take things a day at a time. And for me to wake up day after day and just take this day that's in front of me and ask these questions. What's in front of me? And who's in front of me? And rather than living paralyzed by the committees and meetings and leadership around me, what can I do to move the story forward? How can I serve? How can I help? We talk about this idea of communion and Eucharist, breaking ourselves open and pouring ourselves out for the suffering of the world. This is what Christ does on the cross, that we wake up day after day and we ask this question. What's in front of me? And who's in front of me? And how can I serve and give of myself to those around me? This work and life matters. And I think many times, we've talked about it with the CMYK community before, I think many times we can be paralyzed by the access of information around what's happening all over the world. Because we see all this hurt, all this pain, all this suffering, all the time, and we feel like we can't do anything. And I feel like our tendency is to maybe get caught in the same moment that the Israelites are in. We're waiting for somebody with authority, someone with power and leadership, or some kind of committee to get together and say, this is what we need to go and do, which again, maybe there's a place for committees and organizations and leadership. Yes, I get that. But when it comes to breaking ourselves open and pouring ourselves out for the suffering in the world, it starts with what's in front of you and who's in front of you. And don't be paralyzed by seeing everything. Just see what's in front of you and give what you have to the city, to your family, to your coworkers, to your friends, to your neighbors. This is the kind of life that matters, and we believe this to be the invitation of Christ. What's in front of you? And who's in front of you? You don't need a committee. You don't need a leadership team. You don't need someone to sign on the dotted line. You can grab a spear and you can go and do what's right. Ancient story, but relevant for me in 2018. 
Sam is a story of a guy that I believe is continuing to do this on so many levels. I hope you have a great, great week. We'll be back next week again with an, uh, another great story. I can't wait to continue on in this series. So if there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. But go, ask the question, what's in front of you? Who's in front of you? Pick up the spear. Let's go. Let's stop waiting for the committee. Let's do it.